Another wonderful internet nugget <coughs> brought to you by Exotic Liability. Oh my God! Uh, sorry, we were we were trying to figure out getting Adrian on the line, and uh, Skype was just giving a shit like it was with Jeff. So we were looking through all these YouTube things, and, uh, and there you go. The count censored is what you should that's search what for happens. on YouTube if you want to find. Oh, it. and there's all sorts of like Sesame Street censored ones where it's you know like. Cookie Monster saying all sorts of really foul stuff, but they're really not saying anything. They're just putting the beeps in the right place. Um, so, hi, use your imagination. Welcome, um, welcome to Exotic Liability number whatever. Uh, 25, 6, 6, 25? 5. Wow. Which one was Jeff? 24? 24. So, this is 27. No. Because if we do one where we just randomly talk the next one. Oh, uh, yeah. Huh. Okay, whatever. Hey, it's, it's one of those this 20s. is an episode. <laughs> it's one of the 20s. Uh, so, you know, as as we were listening to our voicemail and we've we've talked a bunch and I know I've hung out on the site a ton. Um, we have Adrian Crenshaw who runs irongeek.com and if anyone has never been there, you're missing out horribly because there's more information on that site and how-tos and and just really really good solid information on how to work. Um than, than damn near any site that I've, I've seen in a really long time. And I've been, hell, Adrian, I've been using your site for a long time. So thanks for joining us. Well, I'm glad to hear you like the site, and I'm glad to join y'all. I've been really enjoying y'all's podcast over the last several weeks. Cool. Well, thank you. Uh, hopefully it's not too bad to be uh, pre- preluded by the, the Count song. <laughs> but, you know, we had to do something special. I mean, come on. <laughs> so what's up, dude? What's going on? Oh, uh, not a whole lot. Just sitting here on IRC. I went ahead into a couple of the channels I'm normally in and uh, told some people I'd be on tonight. Cool. You know, if there's a live stream of this. You, are you doing a live stream? No. We're, you know what? We, we've been asked a million times, and we, we keep trying to figure out how we're going to do it um, because we like the audio quality to be really good. Um, gotcha. And, and usually that ends up kind of not lending itself to doing live streaming very well. But I, I don't know. Someday gotcha. someday when we kiss enough ass and we can get sponsors or, some, or rob a fucking bank or some shit, uh, we'll, we'll eventually have enough to, the, to actually do that. But I'd love to do it. And when I do AV crap, I usually have enough problems along the way adding one extra piece to it. Oh, yeah, dude. It's it yeah. constant. Well, let's take something already fucked up and throw some more in there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, uh, so what's new, dude? What are you working on? Uh, first off, thank thank you so much for all the work you put into the site, man. I don't know if you've got like a team of Oompa Loompas that help, but uh, it seems like you you're always putting stuff on the site, and it's always really, really useful, solid reference stuff. I'm glad you like it. It's mostly me, and a lot of times, what it is is other people will write uh, tools. To tell you the truth, I'm kind of a crappy coder. 
I can, you know, script okay, and I've taken plenty of programming languages courses, and I've done little bits in a lot of different languages, but I really can't call myself a good developer. However, there's a lot of really good developers out there who don't seem to be inclined towards actually writing documentation and explaining exactly how to use their stuff. Yep. So that's the niche I'm trying to fill in. And uh, basically other people create tools and I try to figure out how to create scripts to help use these tools and then create videos and articles on how to best go about getting the most out of these tools. That's awesome. That's awesome because <clears throat> I know, I mean, even a, a lot of times we'll be hanging out in the little chat room on our site yeah. and people are always asking for you know tutorials on stuff or where you can find links and some of the cool new tools and stuff and i don't know how many times we've we've referenced them to articles and videos and whatnot that we've seen on iron geek so it's it's really cool that you're doing it i'm, so, I'm glad to hear it so what's uh what's what's the new hotness what are you working on all right two main things i've been occupying myself with at least today is um you know, I think T, uh, TCS Tool was on your podcast a while back, wasn't he? Uh, was he? Oh, Russell. Russell. Was Russell? I don't think so. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, I don't remember. Well, I don't know if he was Russell, or not. Uh, I'm trying to think how to pronounce his last name. He goes by TCS Tool. He does a lot of stuff for Hack 5. Um, uh, no, uh, Ro- Rob had, was on. Yeah, we had Rob Rob was Hack on. 5. Okay. Yeah. Well, Russell, uh, I think it's uh, Buttercaney. Mm-hmm. He's got... Uh, I apologize to Russell in a hidden time, but I don't mispronounce his last name. He developed something called the uh, Instant Response Switchblade, which basically uh, you have a system that you want to find out what's going on on it right now, but you can't leave it up to do live forensics because you have to shut the machine down because it might be attacking other boxes. You don't want to leave like, a compromised box on your network. Yep. So the idea is this is a little U3 switchblade. You pop it in. It collects a bunch of data like what running processes there are, what users there are, what users are logged in what the service patch level, just a ton of information, dumps it all out to the thumb drive. Nice. And uh, I've been, he did all the development on that, and I'm working on getting a video out on basically how to roll it out and how to modify it somewhat. Very cool. That's awesome. That that type of shit would be really, really, really helpful, especially when, you know, we have to do IR gigs in Lares yeah. or, you know, or when we're doing consulting. And it's like, you know, you're, you're trying to tell people what to do and how to sandbox stuff. And they're just not getting it. It'd be great to be able to say, "Hey, download this, you know, installer." It, it, does it use the same installer like the the Hack Five version does? Yes. Cool. Yes. So, uh, so Universal U uh, Free Customizer, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's exactly the same as the Switchblade. Then that's awesome. So that would be, yeah, that would be really cool to be able to give to clients and say, look, go download this, make a U, you know, go down to the store, buy a U3, dump this in, give me these keys, and I can have them for analysis by the time we're flying out. You know, yeah. you could already have that stuff done. Yeah, I think what Russell's doing with his is uh, he le- he can't, uh, he gave a presentation at Freaknik 2008 on it, and if I remember the details, he said, I think he travels some from like location to location. Right. What he'll do is he'll leave some of these thumb drives <clears throat> at the different locations. If there's a box compromised, he'll tell the text there, just pop this in, yep. break. make sure it runs, if, and uh, collect the data and shut the machine down, and we'll take a look at it. Yeah, that's cool. You can have a little break the glass, insert U3 drive, <laughs> pray to whatever god you promote. <laughs> Cthulhu. Nice. <laughs> so eventually but Eni. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I, I got a pronunciation because I asked them phonetically how to say it. 
Uh, <laughs> I just want to give the man proper credit because he did a lot of work on his tool. That's now, awesome. What I usually do with mine is I take his base script. Yep. Because uh, he did some nice logic as far as it defining where the data drive is to, so it knows where to dump the files. Mm -hmm. So I use his base script and then I throw in some extra stuff like all the Windows tools that uh, came on the Windows side of the old Helix Live CD before it went commercial. Yeah. Then a bunch of stuff from Nearsoft. I'm okay. Sure, are you familiar with Nearsoft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ton of nice tools there. Stuff like, um, oh, what is it? I'm trying to think what that heck, WinHex. The hex oh, editor. The, yeah, WinHexer or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. You know any good open source alternatives to that? To um, WinHexer? Wow. God, no, I'm, I'm thinking, I I, what do I have? I'm, <laughs> I'm like opening my box to try and see what's on it. Um, I'm just recently getting into forensics. I don't know. You know, um, we have people that could say that could tell. So that's there's something that's called, there's, there's one up. called Tiny Hexer. I've played with that just a little bit, but I got the feeling it wasn't supported because I go out to a site and some message from the developer saying, "I don't really it seems like it indicate he didn't have the time for it anymore and he wasn't responding to messages." So uh, it may be at a dead end development wise. Right. Gotcha. I mean, yeah. Most of the things that I know of are, are commercial. Like, uh, what's the the Hex Workshop? But that's commercial. I don't, it's not going to be freeware. You could try maybe BitTorrenting it. <laughs> yeah, right. Not that I'm encouraging the piracy of software. That would be wrong, and I don't break copyright. Hey, just move to Sweden first. The pirate party will cover your ass, and you're all yeah. good. Join the pirate party, and then you're good. <laughs> yeah, I hope TCS Tools, um, he, he did a presentation at Freaknik 2008 I was telling you about earlier. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, I get to put his presentation up on my website before long. I got permission from the Freaknik organizers to uh, rip the videos. They're going, I think Night Carnage and Skydog are sending me a hard drive with all the videos on it. Nice. I'm going to rip them up and put them out there. That's awesome. That'd be cool. That's yeah, someone cool. gave a great presentation on, I think it was called Satan is on my friends list. It was essentially exploiting social networks. Uh-huh. What Didn't someone do that at Black Hat uh, like last year? I think Actually, was, I think, I think, I think the same guys. They go by the name Hacker Pimps on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they, they gave that same presentation a couple places. Yeah, right. They, they gave it at either DefCon or Black Hat or or maybe even both. But I remember the speech title. Nathan, somebody was one of them. Yep. I, I'm sorry. I'm really terrible with names. No, it's That's right. okay. So, so it looks like, uh, yeah. What what we need to do instead of using WinHex is give him a copy of coffee. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, where can I get a copy of that? One time, Paul.com posted a link to one, but it ended up not being coffee. It ended up being Wolf, which yeah. is like a Windows Online Forensics. Yeah, no. I, I've yet to find where I can find coffee. Supposedly, well, I haven't had a chance to mess with it. I grabbed, a, I grabbed something a while back that a friend of mine sent to me, and it was it's coffee, supposedly. It's called coffee. I haven't had a chance to mess with it. I haven't made any attempts to validate it at all, um, mainly because I haven't had time to put it in a VM to make sure it's... <laughs> to make sure yeah, it's not like that you know, it's not a backdoor Trojan craziness. Um, but I, I can send it to you. You're welcome to mess with it. Um, there's another tool. Oh. There's another tool on Google that I found. Uh, what was that called? It was like shit. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to track it down now. Mm, I don't know. Um, Rapier, R A P I E R. Yeah, and it's a kind of a. I think it's a client server type thing. Um, at least that's the way I, I, it looked like when I was reading the very brief description. But it's on Google's um, application stuff, and it's just it's called Rapier. Just Google search for R A P I E R. Okay. So. And rock I, and roll. That sounds that sounds super useful. 
We I'm can... about to add that to my little show notes thing here. So <laughs> what are you making show notes while you talk to well, us? Well, <laughs> I want I'm not necessarily good at off the cuff speech, so I wanted to make sure I knew exactly or had some idea what I wanted to say on certain subjects. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's okay. We go back after we after these things get released and we start listening to them. I'm like, wow, we fucking said that, really? Oh, I, yeah. I don't remember saying that at all. <laughs> when did you call the president a fag? <laughs> oh, dude, you keep on that. <laughs> fucking dick. Sorry. Whatever. Now, I think it was on Secure a bit a while back. I was conversing with them and mm -hmm. they were talking to me and I was drinking mead or something at the time <laughs> and I know I had to get dumber and dumber as the night went on but luckily when, after they did the editing I think I sounded okay. <laughs> I was happy with it. P PJ does a pretty good job of post for us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean anything bad he'll just replace with some fucked up animal noise. <laughs> Where's DJ Jackalope tonight? She She like broke a tooth in the office today. So, Ouch. like, I don't know what happened. I, I went out to lunch with a client, and she's like, I got to get some shit taken care of. So I was like, all right. And I'm walking back with the client from lunch, and she's like, I busted my tooth. I'm like, how? And apparently eating a dried mango can break your tooth in some way, which I don't know if she's eating oh, fucking, fucking dried dry. mangoes and rocks <laughs> or, you know, what the, what the hell she was doing. But If, if dried means petrified, maybe. Like, yeah. That, that's got to be a dry fucking mango. Like I, mean, I said. At that point, what's the point of eating it? Yeah, so. I think if I've ever had a mango, do they have pits or anything? No, this was just like it's like a it's like I don't a know, like any of the other dried fruit snack things. Oh. They're just like super sweet and like dried chewiness and super crazy sweet. I don't know. I can't eat that shit. It's it's like too sweet for me. But she was she was mounting down on them and somehow and and they're like soft. Like there's they're, they're it's like saying you broke your tooth on a piece of like a bubble gum or something. It's I don't know. Uh, I guess something else cracked it first. I either that or she was she was chewed on her hand while she was chewing the she mango. Was, she, was, she was back talking, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Chris just fucking backhanded just fucking her. Bounded her ass and threw her out. I was like, oh shit, she broke her tooth. <laughs> well, wish her my best when you see her. I will for sure. Will do, man. I I think. Uh, well, hopefully, I should see her tomorrow after she gets done with the dentist. But I don't know. I don't know how bad this this whole fiasco is. I, I got a question. For for you guys, and feel free to edit this thing out because I'm not sure if, how much you can say. But no, we don't edit uh, anything. <laughs> we uh, just can't. I, well, do I know y'all were d involved with the uh, uh, the TV show Tiger Team. Yeah, just a little. Whatever happened to that? There's so many different shows on cable that you see they made like a few pilots and then it disappears. Is that what's happening with that, or um, are they actually going to? You know, episodes? why don't? Do you want to just go ahead and blast it. it? All right, it's all you. Dude. So uh, I, this has been getting I brought up a lot lately. Because uh, actually, while we were at Chicago Con, we got a we got a phone uh, text message, email, whatever from the guy who produced the show. Um, the way the way this whole thing got set up, two mutual friends of ours um, in California came up with the idea for the show, and they contracted the idea to a production company. Um, and then the production company contracted with Court TV, so the production company owns the rights to the show. And then Court TV gave them a bunch of money to make the show. Well, when the when it aired, um, it did really well. We got pretty decent ratings, especially considering it was what Christmas night at like eleven o'clock Eastern. Yeah, I mean, we with no ad with no advertising. It was <laughs> it was the most back alley abortion time slot I've ever fucking seen. It was like here's a coat hanger, have fun. Yeah, if I remember, right, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was like if I remember, right, it was a Thursday night. Anyway, yeah, we we blew away just about every Thursday night slot that they had had, or every Thursday night show they had. Dude, had that we kicked slot everyone's ass. We had like for the like seven hundred thousand viewers. They were like, "Oh, well, we've never had this high of a rating at this time slot ever." 
Right. Like, and all right. So we're kind of so. figuring why. Well, then I guess we're going to hear from them that they want to show. We'll come to find out the uh, production company. They they made some. Uh, what's a nice way to put it? They <laughs> they fucked us. They, How's that? to do it. Who's calling? Who is this? Oh wait, is we got we have calling? we have somebody actually calling right now. Yeah. We're going to join them in. Dude, we've never had anybody call in live. Hi. Oh, they hung up. They got scared. They probably just wanted to They're talk like, to you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, so yeah, the the show did really well, and we we're like, okay, well, they're gonna probably sign a contract. And the production company was all, yeah, this is going great. This is going great. And come to find out, the production company basically um, acquired or kept a, a large chunk of money without telling Court TV what it was actually for. Um, they said it was for like <laughs> insurance and shit. And then when we totaled the car. I guess we in total yeah. we fucked the car so, up pretty so good. So if you if you look in uh, in the second in jewelry episode, episode in the jewelry store episode, where like Ryan and I are in the car and we're like making fun of Luke because he's going to clone the dude's badge. It, there's there's a shot where it's just like looking at us in a big expedition. If you like pause it, you'll see the whole door is it's just like completely fucked. dented in because I was pissed off because some guy wanted to. <clears throat> I don't know. Some guy wanted me to give him the parking ticket to get out of the, uh, hotel, to get out of the hotel, and we were already really late. And I was like, dude, just charge it to my room. And he's like, you need the ticket or you're not getting out. And I'm like, I'm going to just blow through this gate. I don't care. And he's like, you need the ticket. So I got mad, and I threw the door open and threw the car in park. Well, I was kind of pissed enough that when I threw it in park, it bounced back into reverse. And as I jumped out of the truck, the door got wedged between a concrete pylon and an RFID reader and just started bending the door forward and just nope. damn near ripped the whole door off. And I'm just mad just looking at this thing and just letting it bend as I'm walking to the back of the car. I couldn't really help, do anything but laugh. Yeah, and Ryan's just <laughs> laughing so hysterically that he's not going to fucking help me out. Luke was sitting in the back seat like crying. And you know, and so I get back in the car and I like slam the door a couple times and it wouldn't shut. And I hand the guy my ticket, and we kind of showed up on site, and the producer freaked out because I guess he knew he was committing, you know, insurance fraud or whatever he was doing at the time. Um, and then you know, as as the claim came in for that, um, all of a sudden they just magically didn't have enough money, and I was like, well, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, you have to. I'm like, no, I'm not going to pay for it. It's just, it's under insurance. You guys pay for this shit. Um, so after a couple rounds back and forth, uh, I guess the TV got into it. And all of a sudden the show got this like really weird time slot. And there was no future for it because I think they found out that they were, they were fucking them around or they were really hard to deal with or stealing money or something like that. Or all of the above. Or all of the above. So... The, but the, unfortunately, that production company is the ones that actually have the right to continue. To exactly. Well, yeah, because the, our contract was with the production company, so we can't actually do anything even similar to that with any other production company without costing a lot yeah. of people a lot of money, including ourselves. So, um, so you can't go to another production company, name it something different, right. and c- continue. Uh, we could try and, and maybe get away with it. It it not based on the contracts we've we've had reviewed by by multiple lawyers, and they're like, yeah, you guys are kind of fucked. Well, for how long? Pretty much forever. Yeah. So we with with this last one, A and E is now interested in doing the show and doing a full production of it because they've seen how it shoots and everything else. Um, so we got the opportunity to renegotiate our contract and not be totally fucked. And now we're kind of waiting on the line to see what happens with them. But 
it still looks really promising because they were like super super into it and they said well we only want you guys to do it right so, so what they did buy out the buy out oh, sorry they buy out the rights from the quint production company no they're pretty much you know they're going to the run current. the whole thing with the current production company and essentially say we're going to produce the whole thing but you guys are going to get the rights and your cut and everything else okay yeah so, so we'll see what happens with it honestly you know we, <laughs> When, when when the guy called us when the when the producer called us and he's like yeah it's great you know all these guys these they want it, they want the show and we're all kind of like yeah okay <laughs> and he's like well aren't you excited no yeah, whatever you, 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 you still owe us money from the last time dude and and oh by the way this oh whole, y'all never got paid for those oh, we got paid some but not everything we were supposed to oh and then yeah. uh and then you know of course and I'm like oh and by the way if we're gonna do this for you first off you're gonna pay the money you owe us oh and then you're gonna get us out of this bullshit lifetime contract you get a year. And if you're not nice to us, then fuck you, we're done. <laughs> and and we haven't heard from him since, so. You ever heard the term Hollywood accounting? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah, the, the advantage of this, though, is anybody that wants the show wants the three of us. And our producer would really like to make money off the show because, well, I don't think he has any other shows going right now, does he? Well, he's doing that FBI one, the SWAT, or the the SWAT, SWAT team. team one, yeah. and... Some other like boogan bar fights, so they go get oh, people yeah. shit faced and make them fight in yeah. bars or something. Like the 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 world's meanest bars or some shit where they basically yeah, pay people to get in fucking bar fights. Bullshit. Um. So obviously he's he's needing the money. So a and he has big pockets, bigger than Court TV at least. So we'll see if he wants money bad enough to to renegotiate our contracts. Yeah. So that's that's the super long answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. So there you go. That's what happened to the show. Keep us up to date. Oh, we yeah. Will. Well, as it, as it starts coming, we'll we'll figure it out. But until then, I'm not. I don't know. I I'm so fed up with all the Hollywood stupid pricks and fucking people out there. Yeah, it's, we were we were kind of all looking at each other, going, you know what? That whole like <laughs> I want to be on TV before I die checkbox. Check I, the box. I, I, I've got it. <laughs> My auditor has already checked that box. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> TV check. But. I don't know. So we'll 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 see. I mean, it'd be it'd be fun to do new ones. Um, we had a lot of really really cool ideas and clients. Like we were yeah. gonna steal prototype helicopters. And that was fun. They wouldn't let us do it because they said it was too much like the car one. Yeah, I mean, it, like you can't steal a helicopter. It's too much like stealing a car. I'm like, don't dude, it's a fuck you. That's helicopter. a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. If you thought the wreck door on a hel- on a car was expensive, imagine crashing a helicopter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just wait. Watch yeah, this. We'd have to find a, uh, an actual <laughs> helicopter pilot for that one. If you get an Apache helicopter or whatever's going to... Actually, have they replaced the Apache yet? That's been out like, no, what, they, 74. They, they still use it. Yeah. It's, I mean, one, of their, it's one of their Workhorse helicopter, man. They're getting expensive to replace, though. Or repair, I think. I can uh. keep saying their parts are getting weird or parts are getting hard to find or some shit. So who knows? I'm sure they've yeah. got some. They can use the Osprey. Oh God, <laughs> that thing finally came out of testing, right? Yeah, it just breaks. It only took an extra ten years, an extra like you know billion, two billion, ten billion dollars, and and like what eighty Marines' lives in testing. <laughs> Is that the one that has the like the wings? That's, that yeah, move, that's the one that go like, up yeah, and then turn, turn and turn into, into a, like a plane. Yeah, or hell, that's been out since the late '80s, though. Hasn't yeah, it? they've been testing it since the late '80s. It finally actually got it to work right. They've Somehow, been testing I don't think it it's going to be as manila- maneuverable as an Apache. Not to mention the the amount of fire um, the fi- amount of firepower. They oh yeah, the, oh, the capacity not, they load yeah. those things down heavy. No, the, the Osprey is basically like the Marines' um, transport vehicle. 
Did you do too much gaming back in the days of the 8086? Very little. little. I, there was I did, this game called stuff. Gunship from Micro, Micro, I think Micro Pros. Was it the one where you had to uh, like fly around and save people out of the hospital, out of the buildings you blew up? Oh no, it was like a pseudo 3D game, but it was like running on an 8086. Look it up sometime. Micro Pros uh, H64 Apache Gunship, I believe was the name of it. Okay. But oh, it was I'm, a I'm looking at it right now. Simulator. <laughs> For a time, now the graphics will look like ass, but I remember playing that. They were sick, yeah. Ten. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I'm like I'm like sitting here looking at the Amiga Gunship 2000. <laughs> now I'm just That's probably a version of it. Now I'm gonna like ignore everything else. I'm like, yeah, whatever you guys talk. Yeah, I'm checking so, all these Gunship uh, games. This is gunship, sick, dude. <laughs> I, I do remember this game. This is a long ass time ago. Uh huh. As far as they haven't come oh, out, no- some- go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, another USB thing I've been messing around with. Do you all follow uh, Paul.com? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we listen. to not to be talking about the competition or anything, but oh shit! <laughs> I don't consider it a competition. They're an ad campaign. We're a podcast. Gotcha. <laughs> hey, you gotta pay the bill somehow. Hey, I know, I know. We're I just... enjoy public comment. Come on, it's not like it's security now. No, no, those guys are those guys are I, great. I I've... got the point about spin right. I don't need to hear about spin right anymore. I understand that's how you make your living. <laughs> I'm gonna fast forward now and. Unfortunately, they also spent. Uh, the security now also has the attitude of, um, "We'll give you the technical. De- we'll give you the overview. We'll draw you the picture. But if it's something that's the real technical details of making something work, that might lead to people doing something bad. Yeah, they, it's you know, a, skip it's, it. It's like a cock tease. <laughs> but yeah, Mick it's on a, <laughs> on a Paul dot was talking about some tool called Conboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we talked about it on uh, the last podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. Or the one before that. A couple of them. See, I don't remember it. Uh, it was mentioned. I listen to all your podcasts. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it may have been on Jeff's during our, like, hey, we have to talk about tools that we're playing with right now. And went, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and, yeah. like, mentioned five tools and then went, okay, let's go back to let's go back to windows and strippers. <laughs> Satellite dishes disappearing off of hotels. And oh, we, was- we didn't really go into it, but but cool stuff. Now, so now that it has the Windows shit in it, right? I'll let you explain what it is. What's up? You want me to explain what it is? Or yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, essentially, Conboot, in my understanding, there's kind of scant details on the website, but essentially it acts kind of like a bootloader. You have a boot it from a floppy or a CD-ROM, and uh, what you do is you boot it up. It doesn't edit some memory, and then as soon as you boot into, let's say, Linux, you have a user account called, uh, I believe it was... Uh, con dash user mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you could log in with with no password and it has root level privileges or if you're booting into windows pretty much any local account now ha- will accept any password you type in and let you log straight in right now the problem <laughs> we were having with it was we were trying to figure out how to get the boot from usb instead right because uh cd-roms are kind of hard to stick in your pocket this and um not me you know it's getting harder and harder to find a machine with a floppy mm-hmm. so i I started pounding on that today, trying to figure it out, and I finally found I found a post online where someone showed how to use a UNet button, mm-hmm. button to put it on, take the floppy disk image, put it on a, a USB drive, but that kept uh, doing a circular boot where it would keep trying to boot from itself over and over again, and it never would look at the internal drive. Hmm. I did some playing around with that and reading some people's comments. It, what it seems that is whenever you boot from a USB. The USB device automatically becomes HD zero, and so 
unit, uh, the tool itself, uh, Conboot, tries to pass off the boot process back to HD0. So essentially you get this infinite loop, or a loop that goes through twice and then kind of locks down a gray screen. Hmm. I did some looking around, and uh, if you go ahead and write it to a, a thumb drive and you modify your uh, syslinux.conf file, and you uh, give it uh, an extra bit of syslinux, extra syslinux tool you have to put on your um, thumb drive. But if you do that, you can actually get it to boot from a thumb drive. And I carry oh. these little, have you seen the Pico thumb drives? From yeah, Super yeah. yeah, those things are awesome. I carry a bunch of those around. So now I'm using that uh, out of my wallet for you know getting the machines if I don't have the admin access to it. <laughs> I think that I uh, uh, I actually loaded up some kits on a set of earrings that I got for Jess, mm-hmm. and for the first time she realized that they came apart last night. <laughs> um, so it was really funny because I bought these like oh, I don't know they're maybe the size of three quarters kind of shaped together um, earrings that are green that have this little hand painted symbols on them they're really cool looking but if you pull them if you pull them apart there's a usb stick on the inside and so she she figured that out last night and i had a kit on one of them because i was like i know there's gonna be someday when we're out and she'll be wearing those and it'll just be hysterical <laughs> and so so she actually found it she's like you're such a fucking nerd why what you what, backdoored what, your I, girlfriend's earrings yeah isn't that awesome <laughs> Just so I could use it at some point because I know I would need it. <laughs> Never taking a present from you again. Whatever <laughs> you loved my gifts. <laughs> um, no, that's I'll, that's cool. Uh, the so uh, I'll put up my modified files on my website here shortly. They're already out there. I, I emailed the Paul.com mailing list, but uh, I haven't put it on my front site yet because cool. I want to like clean up the uh, instructions some. Nice. Well, yeah, definitely. Go go over to Iron Geek and grab that stuff. If you want to grab Conboot and mess with it, I think you can get from P-I-O-T-R-B-A-N-I-A dot com. Um, and you'll come on a site that looks like, you know, it's crazy Japanese pedo bear. Uh, with Do you know they made a stuffed animal of that? Oh, yeah. Pedo bear? I know. I know. I we own it. We were going to, uh, Delchi and Val and I were going to do a giveaway between AR and Exotic Liability to, to go out and have like pedo, pedo bear, like treasure hunting contests and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I plan on teaching an anti-forensics class for the ISSA before long. Uh-huh. I thought about bringing in my pedo bear doll and as soon as I'm about to get the uh, presentation, put it up there on the pedestal and anybody <laughs> who giggles, kick him out of the class. <laughs> Those are the ones you gotta watch out for. That's awesome. <laughs> you fail. Get out. Oh, we were um, yeah, we were, we were looking at at modding one of them. Uh, you know the Hack Five episode where Darren goes through and he mods the little uh, office toy that it says like, oh yeah, if you if you plug this into your computer every time your secret admirer logs on, it'll blink. Oh. Hmm. You got you got to yeah. watch the episode. It's hysterical, but but it it has all the switchblade stuff on it and it's just pouring data out of this box. Um but they were doing like all these little teddy bears that you can plug into your machine and give them to the kids and and say like, "Oh, plug it into the machine and, you know, the little thing'll talk or it'll send up a little message. You can talk to your own bear." And and there'd be like a little input script that was just echo. So if you said hello, it would say hello back and they'd be like, "Oh my god, it's talking." But the whole time in the background, it was like scripting and, and chronic stuff to send it off to the Gmail accounts and all that. 
Nice. Cool. So Pinchy was like a U3 inside of a bear? Yeah, it was inside of a bear that had this little, like, plug-in. I'll, I'll, I'll find the episode and I'll post it on the site. It, it was hysterical. Um, so, yeah, Conboot, definitely good playtime. It, it, it kind of reminds me of, of some of the stuff that Derek and Ryan Perma used to do with... Uh, uh, did you ever play with Sysrec, uh, the Sysrec exploit? Um, I in, don't remember Sysrec, no. In Windows, there is this Sysrec boot exploit that they wrote for EI when they were working on the re- the research team mm-hmm. where you could put in the boot and it would it would load through, it would load the exploit so that as soon as you hit the Sysrec button, it would dump you out of authentication and just log you right <laughs> into the Windows box. Nice. Um, I, think if, I think it's still up there. If you... If you search EI and Sysrec, you can. I think there's still an ISO out there for it, and it still works on like tons of machines, which is hysterical. Yeah. Um, that's usually that's, when I have to get into a machine, I uh, and I need admin access to it. I would just completely for legitimate reasons because I do do some side consulting where I need access to a machine, and they haven't given me the password. But um, I usually use a, like a Bots PE disk and Salas password renew. Yep. And what that does is it allows you to add your own new admin account. That way you can leave the original credentials there and don't have to change them at all and you can still get in. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I usually just steal it or pop it over the network. or I don't know. What else have we done the, using off-crack? That was so funny when oh. we were doing the call center and we had like five boxes running off-crack from yeah. USBs, from mm-hmm. CDs. We were just, to show the, just to prove the point, we had one running off a USB, one running off a CD. We had you disconnected the lap the machine entirely and plugged your laptop in. Yeah, and I plugged my laptop in. We pulled one of the hard drives and did a full DD of the hard drive. <laughs> uh, we we actually scared him on that one. I think. I think that was a good one. That was that one. That was a good one because we were in there. Scared. We were in their call center for like four hours, yeah. and there was an alert that there was some type of U, uh, uh, USB key drop that happened, and the company was advanced enough that they actually sent an alert out to the whole company. But we were still inside getting called from our point of contact going, hey, there's an alert. You guys should probably leave. We're like, ah, we're almost done. We'll, we'll be here for a little bit longer. That was fun. I like On that. a related note to that, I know you had uh, one of the guys from um, Loftcrack on a while back, right? Yeah. Dill or – We had, uh, we had, we had Dill, Dog, and Weld. Yeah. Has anybody had – done any benchmarks between like that and Kane and John to see how it, it stacks up right now? Uh, I haven't seen them, so somebody needs to do them. Um, I'm too lazy to do that, though. I know. So, all right. I lis- want so many things listener early challenge. on Sam cracking, and I just don't want to write on it anymore. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm with you. Um, there it is, another listener challenge. We need somebody to do a bake-off, and we'll, uh, we'll see if uh, we can get or well to give him a free copy of Loft. And in exchange, we'll... Uh, <laughs> give him a copy of Loft. Or, or, we'll, we'll find or give him Karen. We'll, they can just have Karen again. Yeah. She's she's our general collateral. She's not here. You can uh-huh. have Karen. <laughs> He's all, all right, so I got that one. Done. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's going she's gonna to kill us one day. Whatever. She's all right. She's on, a benchmark, on a benchmark note, uh, you were talking... We were talking about Neosoft a little earlier. Mm-hmm. His, uh, his tool, um, USB DView, which is kind of cool for finding out what devices have been connected to a machine and what ports they're on and who made them by the vendor ID and all that. Mm-hmm. He added a function to that to where you can benchmark your thumb drive and have it automatically upload to his database. So he's collecting like this huge database of 
the read and write speeds of different manufacturers' thumb drives. Because anytime I go out to someplace like Newegg and about to order a thumb drive, you, I used to always go the cheapest for the number of gigs I'm getting. And I learned my lesson that so many times I'd buy thumb drives that were so pathetically slow, there was like no point in it at all. But you right. couldn't find good benchmark information out there in place. Now, on Nearsoft's site, he actually is starting to correlate all that stuff. Nice. It's really cool. That's awesome. That is pretty cool. We need more good stuff like that because I'm with you. I I don't know how many times I've used like SDHC cards and and they've just sucked. Well, and I've and tried to put a uh, you know I've tried to put an image on it or I've used USB drives that just completely eat crap and they well, take and forever. Aren't, aren't the um, the U3s are supposed to go away or is it the SanDisk model of the U3 that's going away? They're just, I think just the SanDisk okay. U3s are going away. Yeah, I like those little flip-out USB yeah. plug. Those things are great. Switchblades. I mean, that's where it came from. All right, so Rob, Rob Rob just IM'd me a second ago, and he said that I have to ask you about bench-pressing attendees at Freaknik. Oh, shit. Actually, we have some pretty <laughs> bad failure there. For one, if you, don't, if you can't move your arms lower than the ground, it gets kind of hard. And when you're drunk... <laughs> bench pressing when you're drunk, it does take a few pounds off the max bench press. But, yeah, I think... Uh, I don't recall exactly. Uh, you, I take it y'all have never been to Freak Nick. Uh, uh, I have not. No. I haven't either. It's really good technical talks during the day and uh, a bunch of drunks at night. It's a good time. <laughs> They're basically the uh, hacker consortium. Uh, Skydog, I think, is the current organizer of Freak Nick. It's gone through a couple hands. But, uh-huh. It sounds like the uh, old, old pump con. Yeah, right? It, it's a lot of fun, and they basically it's take over this uh, hotel in kind of a scuzzy part of uh, Nashville, bad, bad. and uh, you know, <laughs> one, right. of the, one of the side things to do besides drinking at night is to shine laser pointers on prostitutes that are walking the street. Nice. Well, what else would you do? I mean, that's that's the the, the, the ho, ho dot challenge. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think I was uh, trying to bench press Darren and bench press uh, Mubix himself, um, but I don't quite recall. <laughs> that's awesome. There's some parts that are missing, yes. Uh, that's all right. I, I, I don't know if there's any con that Ryan and I have been to where that type of stuff didn't break out. I mean, sans the bench pressing, but drinking to Oh, God. Points even where even we when we're fly. at auditor conferences, it's like, hey, let's go to the bar. You want to keep talking? Cool. Uh, yeah. Let's go cool. grab drinks. Keep it at the bar. 1030 <laughs> later, they're like, I got to go home to my wife and I can't drive. I'm like, we're going to the strip club. Come on. You take them out till four okay. in the morning, and then the next day they're like, "I had to quit my job because I can't go back into work anymore." I'm Dude, who too was it that actually told us they had they got fired because we took them out? <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> who it was. They were in town, or they were they were visiting in Denver for a conference, and we we took them out to, with a whole bunch no, of people. No, it was it was the dude at Alt Tech who said that he could drink with us all night oh, long. That's right, and so we're like, "Cool, let's go out drinking." So we went out drinking until uh, four in the morning. He's like, and I, I can hang next with day, you guys. I can hang with you guys. Next day, the engineering conference. Where we had to show up at like seven thirty in the morning oh, and go to all these talks. So there's Ryan and I sitting in the chair, seven thirty, like drinking coffee, kind of fucking haggard looking, and just like pissed slam- off, slamming coffee. Yeah, I mean we're still drunk and you know just kind of laughing about it. And this dude wasn't there, and so his boss comes over to me and he's like, he's like, well, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know what to say, but GD wasn't it GD? Yeah, his name was like they called him Baba GD. Yeah, so GD was like, he he's like, I'm not coming in today. And he's like, well, you have to or you're fired. He's like, well, I'm not coming in. I'm sick. And so Justin's like comes over to us and he's like, so, dude, 
uh, what the fuck did you, did you guys go life? out last night? I'm like, oh yeah, we had him out to about four in the morning. He kept saying, oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't... Rob goes, I'm six, four and 200 pounds. And that dude bench pressed me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It sucks. Uh, Rob was telling us he's not going to be able to make it to DEFCON this year. What a bastard. You're not either, huh? Why aren't you going? Well- don't start. Plane uh, trick. I could probably find someone to crash with, but the plane ticket's expensive, and I'm a cheap bastard. And it seems like the cons I get to go to in the area are ones close that I can drive to. Like, I hope to get the Schmoo Con this upcoming year, because at least I can probably drive to D.C., and I can find someone to crash with. Um, I don't make a whole lot of cash. Uh, I usually also end up going to Freaknik and Nauticon and the Louisville InfoSec Conference, which is kind of more of a it's less of a hacker con and more of a professional infosec sort of thing do you know joe sakura joe sakura i like yeah. joe joe uh he runs uh inner space and fortress out in louisville he spoke you know what i co- think i interviewed with them at one point <laughs> yeah joe's joe's a good friend of mine um we do we do some work for joe in there um but yeah that's that's funny because i remember him speaking at that once because i know he does a bunch of the it stuff for churchill so that's why they always have it over there um hmm all right. Yeah, I, so, I, I've been out the Fortress Network Security before. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 need to find. All right. So anybody who knows people um, or or knows people who want to sponsor stuff and can look at uh, an Iron Geek and see that they have a whole bunch of traffic and they could they could you know easily sponsor his site so that n- no longer will I have to just berate and bitch all day long and be like, why aren't you fucking here? Um, please <laughs> please just call. And trade him for like ad space on his site, so that you can pay to have his ass go out there, <laughs> and dry you know drag up a whole bunch of business for everybody else that's hanging around him. Um, so that's 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 my edict. Find find someone to get his ass there. I hear it's a good time. So how's the lions there? I heard they moved hotels in the last year or two, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they're at the Riviera now on the street. Are the lions better or? Uh, I hear some of the talks had like lines to get into the talk. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's the same kind of. It's the same. <coughs> it's the same crap. as every year. I mean, it just it depends on what the talk is and who's giving the talk. If if HD Moore or Val Smith or one of those guys are giving a talk, it, it's gonna be fucking packed. Doesn't matter what room, and they're bigger rooms than they were at the Alexis Park, but they're still fucking packed. But not all of them. I I I like it better than fucking Alexis Park. That place was a shithole. Yeah. Although um, you know, Riviera Holdings Company is having some. Money issues right yeah, now. But we so. can't we can't necessarily drive a golf cart and Shipley into the pool, so that uh, kind of fucks it up. Oh, you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I think being able to do those kind of things is why Freaknik has its uh, conference at the uh, at the hotel that they do. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why PumpCon was that way. I think things like that is why Jeff has a big insurance policy on DefCon. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. So, right on. Well, any, anything mm-hmm. else that's. Uh, that's super pressing that you're you're thinking about or that people need to know about before you release it on the side or any, anything goes right, cool actually, going on? I got a few odds and ends. Awesome. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to give a shout out to the actually Louis for InfoSec conference. It's coming up. Uh, it's coming up in like October. Okay. But uh, we hope to have. We were originally going to have Johnny Long there. Unfortunately, it seems that's fallen through. Jeez. Something about. Travel arrangements from Africa. Mm. He's, he's been absconded sure by is. Africa. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh he's what is it? He's in Uganda or Rwanda? Yeah, yeah. Rwanda. The, the whole uh, hackers for charity. Making yeah, a school. Hack charities. Yeah, he's building a school. 
It's actually yeah, really that, cool, but getting back from that place is a pain in the ass. So, yeah. Supposed to though get Eugene Schultz to show up. Jay Bill may show up. Um, cool. John Strand is set to come. Uh, Paul Acid Dorian said something about coming, and um, uh, Scott Moulton. Are you familiar with Scott Moulton? I don't know that name. Where's he from? Where's he he from? does a lot of hard drive forensics. I mean, he does some really neat crap with hard drive forensics. Huh. Look up uh, his. Uh, he just gave this talk. I think at ShmooCon. It was like. 10 things you don't know about your hard drive that was very interesting. He also gave a great presentation on uh, forensics and solid-state media and what the differences are nice. between it and normal magnetic media. And as far as like hard drive and uh, storage forensics people, mm-hmm. he's like the smartest guy I've ever met in that field. Right on. You should get him on. Cool, yeah. I'm not a forensic uh, guy yet. Yeah, definitely contact Scott Moulton. He's, <coughs> he's very... And also, when he gives presentations, he does all these like computer animations and it's... Nice. It's a lot well, of fun. Give uh, give give us some contact or give him some contact info for us so we can have him on and, and talk stuff about it because that would be that sounds awesome. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, for sure. And I'm also supposed to be talking at Louisville Infosec on um, oh wait, what was it? What uh, Darknet. Cool. So Darknet nets means different things depending on who's defining it. In my case, I'm talking about um, private networks. That mm-hmm. are meant for anonymity. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, besides that, um, by the way, I want to pick your, pick your heads on this. I hope to for the local ISSA chapter. Mm-hmm. I want to teach a class on uh, anti forensics, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be breaking it down into different tools. One, don't leave records. That'd be like your incognito mode yeah. on your web browser. Yeah. Uh, delete just some of the records. They'd be like, you know, your CC cleaner, or sorry, C cleaner, and uh, what is it? Uh, clean behind me. And um, then the whole, you know, nuke it from orbit, it's the only way to be sure, sort of things like D ban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or uh, or just time stomp or something like that, so that you can go and change all the stamps and dump the hard drive time, time stamps so that uh, when they go do the forensics, it's not court admissible anymore. Yeah, and actually, I'm just kind of curious about that. If you set like a, a process on your machine to automatically update everything to two years forward from now, uh-huh. I, I, actually, I wonder how much that would actually the timestamps. See, I've never actually taken a case to court, and I'm assuming y'all have y'all done much forensics work before. Uh, a little here and there. I mean, I'm definitely not gonna claim any expertise when we have Dave and Mark and those guys on our side. <laughs> Depending on what it is, I wonder how much they care about the timestamps. Because the timestamp is such a fragile thing, and like some, let's say someone got caught with kitty pawn on the machine, would they care that it was timestamped before the machine was created, or they might care if it was timestamped after the machine was confiscated? I could see that being an issue. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, I've I've seen a lot of people give those talks and be pretty. Uh, emotional about uh, about essentially saying that once you do those types of things, it can't hold up in court. And if they can't prove that the time stamp's been changed, that the evidence is required as tampered and it's not court admissible. So, I mean, I think, I, you know, I think the, the biggest uh, goal in, in my mind as far as anti-forensics is making it so that it's not court admissible. If you can if you can jack the thing up enough from the indicators that would delineate who did it, when they did it, how they did it, and cause some doubt in non-repudiation, um, 
you've essentially thrown the hard drive out of the case. So, it, you know, the, the, the goal any time that I've, I've tried to demo it to people, like doing time stomp and some of those, is, is going through and saying, I can, I can make this so confusing that the people who are pleading their case are going to have to throw the hard drive out for being tampered so heavily. Yeah. Without interrupting the, the operating order of the machine. So then at that point, you can go, no, I mean, the sh- machine was still running. It just freaked out because, you know, hey, it was Windows and Windows freaked out. <laughs> um, they can't build a timeline of it because the timestamps are all over the place. Yeah. Right? And, and then they go, oh, well, they, they messed up all the timestamps because you can put random values into it and stop everything on the, on the drive. Do you have any um, suggestions for tools that are better than like CCleaner or uh, what is it, Clean Behind Me from Neosoft for doing selective destroying of data, like just deleting certain registry keys and um, deleting and overriding certain files with zeros? Is there anything uh, better than uh, those, in your opinion? Oh, God. <laughs> no, um, I forgot who was telling me something about it. I, th- I think it, I can't remember. I think it was Val who was talking about building some of those anti-forensics things into Metasploit so that you can run like little hide my trace script. Right. Um, let me let me look it up and find it. I have it's on the list somewhere, and I looked at it and I was like, "Hey, this is really cool." It's already scripted, and then kind of went like, "Hey, ooh, shiny," and went back to work. Um, <laughs> Let me look for it, and I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. Cool. Clean After Me is the, when I was with Lawrence Finger from Neosoft. Yeah. Oh, that Scott Moulton guy I was telling you about, one of the things he told me about in his uh, what, 10 Things You Don't Know About Your Hard Drive yeah. was something I thought was fascinating. For like the last 10 years or so, inside of uh, the ATA standard, there's been commands you can send to tell it to wipe the drive and even wipe the ones that are marked as bad sectors. He was talking about like, some tools, I believe D-Band, for example, when you do a drive wipe, well, it's the hard drive has certain parts that are marked as being bad. Right. But right. data may still possibly be there, but since D-band, it's, it's reported the D-band as being bad, it doesn't get it a doesn't chance to write up. to it. Yeah. Nice. I, I actually, but there's other tools that do. <clears throat> I, I sent uh, an article to Rob when he was talking about hiding uh, the Metasploit, um, the script that he just put out. Uh, the, uh, the deploying Oracle? Metasploit as a package oh, in the exploit package yeah. um, <clears throat> and being able to go through and, and put that in and we were talking about trying to do some of that and I sent him a paper that I was reading a couple months ago on hiding information in bad sectors and how to like make usable and callable bad sectors inside of NTFS so that NTFS can't find it but you can actually make processes to find where the sectors, <clears throat> sectors are and call directly to the sector nice um yeah, well, one more thing that I like started reading, and I was like, "Ooh, look, car outside." <laughs> but if you did a data call, would you still be able to find it? Yeah, you can. There's, there's, they have tools built just to call bad sectors and extract information from them outside of NTFS. So um, yeah, what I'm saying is, if like someone investigator came along later, did a DD of the entire hard drive, yeah, took they, that image and did a file call. They'd be able to find stuff, assuming it wasn't uh, encrypted? No, they would have to have a pointer, I think. It would have to have some type of helper program that's going to reference a pointer. Now, if they could find that, then they could obviously put it into there and have the pointer get referenced, I think. Yeah. I think that was the, the gist of it, was that there's there's something that indexes the bad sectors, and then as it indexes the bad sectors and you make calls to them, uh, this is like a, a proxy to those. 
Now, assuming you wanted to keep things secure and not delete things, mm-hmm. still want you know, let's say you want to have your browser bookmarks and your history and all that, but you didn't want people to get to it. I wonder how secure taking a TrueCrypt volume and running a VM from it would be. Some things would might. Sh- I'm wondering if some things might end up showing so up in like your page file. Huh. I don't know. I'm I just never, curious. I don't never, know. But I, I never, never tested it. it. It's it, what, one, one more thing in our infinite time span to test, right? <laughs> Somebody posted. We're not running short on time on the show, are we? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. We're talking about oh, all okay. the free time no, we have. In, in, ge- in general, as as security people, somebody posted about that today. They were like, you know, the the coolest thing about being in security is that you have a never ending trail of knowledge that you can research and learn about. And then the shitty thing about security is you never have time to investigate anything inside of that never-ending trail of knowledge because you're too busy doing work that is shit that you learned 10 years ago. (laughs) No shit. Well, the forensic thing, that's going to be such a pain in the ass to test because I have to start with a clean system. I, like, zero it out, install just the base OS, install a VM, run something in just that VM, maybe load an image inside that VM but not inside the uh, host OS. I mean, there's so many f- things I'd have to do to make sure it was an image I never touched from the host OS and only touched from the guest OS. Yeah. To be sure, there's so many things I'd have to do clean room. It'd be kind of, it'd be annoying. It's just a big pain in the ass. <laughs> That's like testing anything. I, I give props uh, uh, just personally to every single person who is a tester out there who goes and finds these types of things because, one, I'm too ADD for it. Two, I just... Will never ever. Even if I wasn't ADD, I just wouldn't have the patience and the the just raw fortitude to get down and do stuff like that. Like I, my brain doesn't work that way. So like, props to you guys who who figure all of this shit out. Who spend you know, fucking three weeks on the same thing, just slowly installing something. I'm like, yeah, I'm, oh I'm hey, like, I'm done. I'm fucking going what, to the bar. Two Screw hours. I'm finished. <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't actually finish anything. No, it, I'm I'm still done. <laughs> yeah, I'm still still done with this, but. Oh man! Well, more th- more things to test, and uh, I think as as we have you know some of the forensics guys on, we'll we'll get Mark or Dave on, um, yeah, and ask them if they've ever played with any of that stuff because they're super badasses with well, forensics. Well, they get paid for that shit. Yeah, I mean that's all they do all day long. Do you know uh, Dave Cowan? Dave Cowan. I'm not sure. I don't believe I do. He wrote the he wrote the hacking forensics exposed book, yep. or hacking exposed forensics book. I read an older version of that. Uh, the book, uh, n- no argument against pros. My only problem with the book was it recommended so many commercial tools yeah. that I was never ever able to actually put it into practice. Right, right. And, that and, seems to be the way with forensics because a lot of forensic software I'm looking at, there, oh, this does what I'm interested in. Oh, crap, it costs money. Shit. Right. Well, and there might be some aspect of that it's mainly because the courts don't look at freeware as being trustworthy or reliable. So. Hmm. I mean, that could be it. They're like, well, obviously a company made this, and they're selling it for $50,000 a license, so it's well, got to be good. I think that's why they did all the separate weird license versions for WinHexer, right? Right. I mean, because they, they had the like free version. Now they have like Pro and something else, and then they have like one that's yeah, 1300 bucks, yeah, and like, they all do like the same exact thing. So I, I think that, yeah, I, I imagine that, that a lot of it is just more because – courts go hey it's open source so it can be tampered with so then some you know weasley attorneys like well he used open source and nobody has any revision control on that how do you know the open source thing didn't you know magically delete this one file that looks like somebody else deleted you know how do you know that you got a valid copy of the software i mean there's all kinds of arguments they can make against open source so in a court situation i imagine that's why they were recommending so many lawyers commercial 
commercial versions of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But all right, dude. Well, actually, we're we're coming a little bit close. I I really really appreciate your time tonight and screwing with us oh, on no all problem. this stupid Skype stuff and and dicking around with all that. So thank you. Yeah, it's cool thank talking you to you finally, and not just having to listen to a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate all the voicemails, though. That's really nice of you. Oh no, uh, no problem. I called back that last time because I didn't think the first ones got through. Ah uh-huh. ah uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, the, we we finally put a. Answering machine message on it. I think PJ put one on. Did um, you? So that what does it actually say? Who knows? We'll have to call it and like listen. We'll Rick roll <laughs> ourselves just for fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we 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 called it based on the suggestion because people were calling in. They're like, shit. I don't know if this is actually working or not. <laughs> but but we we should be good. Well, brother. Well, th- thank you so much again for for coming on. And if there's anything we can do, or or you know anything that you guys need help with, or anything else, please let us know, and and we'll help as much as we can. And uh, you know, uh, all of you guys who are listening, go to IronGeek.com. Look at all of the really really great info that they're putting up there, and uh, and offer to help out because one man shows are hard to run. Yeah, that's why there's two of us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and Karen. <laughs> So, guys, thanks for having me on. All right, bro. Yeah, man, thank talk, you so much. You later, Take man. care. Have a good night. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. Cool. That was cool. Fun stuff. So, uh, I guess we'll talk to everybody later and have yeah. fun and listen to Exact Liability and go to the site, log in, talk to people on the forums. The forums are fucking active as hell right Dude, now. The forums kick ass. Um, and that'll do it for me. I have a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about. We'll just make it a different episode. That's what I was thinking. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Later.